spoken about the Shiloh, whether or not Zerbeah begins right away, or it begins only three days, which is when it takes root. We said one of the differences will apply if someone dropped the seed outside, whether they should pick it up on Shabbos or not. That's what I ended up last time. I wanted to mention a few other points regarding Zerbea, and then we'll move on to Kotzer. Zerbea is actual planting, or anything which enhances planting or helps planting. Obviously, watering the grass would be a classic zorea. It's not the actual planting of the seed, but it's certainly enhancing planting. There's no question that is us or on Shabbos. So much so that the Shacharach brings down that it is proper. It's hard to use the words, exact words, you know, it's not us or, but it is certainly proper to avoid drinking outside on Shabbos. On grass, obviously, a place where easily can spill. And it's interesting because this certainly is a case where it's not a psikoresha, you have no intention to water, and it's not obsecration is going to water. Maybe with children, it's maybe. But certainly with adults, it's hard to say it's like And technically, it should be mutter. this still says to avoid, it's proper to avoid drinking outside. It seems like it's very likely, or it's very possible that things spill, things drip. And therefore, the likelihood of some water or any other liquid ending up on the grass is certainly something which is extremely likely. Is it 90%? Probably not. Still, Shulchan Aruch says one should avoid it, which is interesting in terms of the rules of Sekresha. And that really somewhat precludes having Kedushim outside, things of that nature outside with drinks. One certainly would be prone to spilling those, and that should be avoided. Obviously, something which will certainly end up spilling or will certainly be an issue. Yeah, so according to this, according to this what the Ramah says, we're proper to avoid it. The simple solution or somewhat simple solution would be is putting on some sort of tarp and that would be proper to put down a tarp if someone has a sukkah on grass to avoid this potential issue of especially over sukkahs the likelihood of that, right, the likelihood of things not spilling at some point over sukkahs is probably impossible so it's certainly be proper to put a tarp down if it's feasible or possible Does it matter if it's something that like, wouldn't help a cycle like such as? I don't like lemon juice I'm that, like, so I, I'm yes, assuming, like, that, that I, that certainly I'm would make that would make a difference. I imagine it's not going to kill it right away because if it would kill it right away, it's actually be the opposite. It would be right, coarser. But, but right, it's probably, probably, yeah. if it's not going to enhance the growth, it would not be an issue. So if it's I don't know the reality, but if it's something, imagine a certain point if it has acidic. Like, I can't yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the reality. It would depend on that for sure. I mean, Shachar is talking about water, mm-hmm. and water certainly has that, and probably many drinks are certainly a large percentage of water. It may have that same issue, but it really would depend. Yeah, it has to be something which actually enhances the growth. If it doesn't enhance the growth, that would be us to, pl- to pour it, and therefore proper to avoid drinking it outside. One of the other, sometimes without even realizing it, getting into the Zorea issue, is after rain. And it rains outside, and there's water gathered, whether it's on lawn chairs or other furniture. And very often, without thinking, a person will just turn it over which could be a classic Zorea issue. Obviously, pouring water onto the ground would be a, certainly a potential Zorea issue with a certain amount of caveats that are important to mention. Number one, if the ground is already saturated, there would not be an issue of Zorea. That means after a large, strong rainfall and the ground is very saturated and you have a chair outside and turn it over, it's not going to be an issue. You're not adding anything more on a very, very saturated ground, and therefore that's going to be permissible. So that's one case where there not be an issue. A person can essentially turn over furniture, whatever is necessary, to get off the water from the furniture. That's number one. Number two is that very often it doesn't, doesn't go directly onto the grass. Let's say there's pavement. You pour onto the pavement. 
but it certainly may get onto the grass. It'll trickle and it'll go and the water will end up in the grass. So how do we view that? Because there it's somewhere in between. I'm not pouring directly on the grass. However, I am turning the chair over, going onto the concrete with the likelihood of it going onto the grass. Now again, this goes back to somewhat to Psychratia. If it's not for sure going to happen, then for sure it's okay. That means if there's not enough water there, then for sure going to trickle onto the grass and you have to make, again, your own estimation as it for sure going to go on. So back to the same rule. I have no intention to water the grass. It's not necessarily going to happen. Totally fine. If I see it's going to happen, which means I'm close enough to there that's going to happen, so that would be an issue. It's actually interesting because that's not called a direct action. It's called grama. Grama means it's indirect. I'm not pouring directly on the grass. I'm pouring on the concrete, which goes onto the grass. But grama is generally asur and shamus, which means anything you do, which even if it's a step removed from your action, it's going to be asur and shamus. And this is a classic case of grama, where I indirectly will cause the grass to grow. Again, it's, it's a psychration, it's 100%, but that's going to be asur to pour the water on if it go on the if it end up on the grass, even though it's a step removed. So that's an important point to keep in mind. It's actually a general rule in Shabbos about grama, things which are a step removed. Grama is generally usher. There are exceptions, which we'll get to later on, but generally grama is usher on Shabbos. Technically, yeah. I mean, we don't, we have no way of knowing how much will actually affect something, but technically even the smallest amount can affect something, and we have to assume that's going to be an issue. So if you know for sure a drop will end up on there, then that would be the same issue again. If it's a psychration, it's going to happen, even though it's a gram, it's still going, still going to be asr. Potentially, potentially, if you see clearly things growing over there, and there's clear growth, yeah. So there's no difference growth, right? Even don't want them to grow because that's psychration lo But we said that unless it's you know we said one or two drabanans here, it's potentially would be a, you know if you're poor. Right, and it depends on uh, what the concrete, if you see clearly things on the concrete which are growing, which very often in the cracks you have those, that's going to be an issue. To pour there, and even though you don't necessarily want it to go, it's much worse, obviously, if you do on grass, that's nichale, then you want it to happen, because right, that's your backyard. But even if it was weeds in between, it's lo nichale, so, but if it's a creation, lo nichale, essentially is asr. You said if you have two drabanans, but here you wouldn't necessarily have that, you're pouring water directly on there. Right? Are you saying in a case where it's only a grama? Yeah. Okay, so that's true. That, that is more room to be lenient. Psikresha, Delonichale, and a grama on top of that is definitely more room to be lenient. And yeah, it's true that that's very similar to. Okay, it's not, not a great comparison. But yeah, if it would be that, though, the combination of those two factors, Lonichale and, and it will be only grama, that, that would be okay. Yeah, those two factors together. But if you're pouring directly, right, your pouring goes directly on there, the, the co-op of your pour, that would be your action, that would be asa. So that's a good point. So if you have something a little further down, which is lonichale, that would be okay. Now, just a, a rule, which is actually a very, very interesting rule. I want to just make a few, mention a few examples of this rule. And it's an important rule to mention over here, but in, in many other cases as well. We spoke about psagratia. We spoke about the issue of when something is 90% or more going to happen, even though that wasn't your intent, still that's going to be an issue. That is only true for, for a Jew doing so, which means for a non-Jew, there's no issue of psagratia. Now, what does that mean? We'll discuss much later on about the halachas of what you can and can't ask a non-Jew to do. But one of the important 
rules, which is worth mentioning now, is that there's no issue ever asking a non-Jew to do something which is only based on psychratia. For example, you have a refrigerator door, it's one of the common examples, and you have a light on. Opening the refrigerator door is not usr, nothing usr about the refrigerator door, but it's a psychratia, which means that opening the door, well, for sure, it's not, it's 100%, right? Of the times you open the door, the light goes on, which means that's a psychratia issue. It's only psychratia because you're not directly telling the person to turn a light on, which is action of doing the light. Your action is opening the door. Opening the door is nothing wrong with the person can open doors all they want. Happens to be this door has a trigger, which as a result of opening this door will trigger also a light to go on. That's psychratia. That's a step removed from the actual action. If you ask a non-Jew straight out, can you open the refrigerator door? Even though you know 100% light will go on, it's 100% okay. There's no issue of Amir al-Akram, which is asking a non-Jew to do something if it's only going to be generated through a psychratia, which is a step removed from what you're doing. And this is a classic case of this as well. If let's say you have chairs outside or things outside and this happens, and again, not always is a non-Jew going to be called for this purpose, but for whatever reason, they have a non-Jew can, to ask them to turn it over and to make sure it, the water is poured off, no problem. Because again, the result of that is, if it's only an issue of psychratia, which is that's going to end up pouring onto the, onto the ground, but not directly a malacha, pouring chair onto concrete is not a malacha, it's psychratia, for sure go onto the, onto the grass, that's going to be okay. And that's an important rule to keep in mind as we'll go along through many malachos that we know psychration may be an issue. It's not going to be an issue for an Anju. And, and, and the reason why really is, is essentially is, is very logical is that on that time to do malacha, what I'm telling him is totally permissible. It's true, there's a result of that. The result is something which is, which is forbidden. That chazal never answered and never made an issue for me al-akum for myself. I can't do something which will cause and, and de- definitely end up causing a malacha. But for a non-Jew, the issue is telling him to do malacha on Shabbos, not telling him to do something which will only cause malacha on Shabbos. Does that matter what it's running? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. As long as what you told him to do was no malacha involved, like opening the refrigerator door or That's turning... Like also, also fine. Right, also fine. Because again, you tell him that's it's even less... Right. Yeah, it's even, you tell him to do less in that case. You just tell him to walk. Which is, right, but right, no, but it's, it's the same thing, same thing. If if the fact that you are, the action you are telling him to do is something which is not a malacha related, even though it will generate the malacha being, even the only, even the only correct, correct. I mean, the opening the refrigerator door is maybe not as serious because there, your so intention is to get the refrigerator right. But here, right there, if your intent, if you what you're telling him to do is essentially his mutter, the fact that there's a result coming out from that which is not permissible is totally fine. Totally fine. So that's all the rules of psikresha. It's one of the major exceptions in Amir Lakim and asking Anju to do something is when the command is not a command of Allah, it's a command of something totally permissible, even though it's going to lead to a malacha, totally fine. That's the rule of psikresha, which does not apply to a non-Jew. It's a very important rule, and there are many applications of that. And we'll see all the cases of psikresha will have this exception, as we'll mention. Another common Zoraya issue, which is discussed in the postgame, is watering grass. Now, watering grass is a, is a fascinating thing in terms of having sprinklers and automatic sprinkler systems. The Gemara already talks about this question. Can you, in Gemara's case, obviously not an automatic sprinkler system, but having a, there was like an like a irrigation dam, and 
removing something which will let the water go out, and it will keep on going even on Shabbos itself. And the Gemara discussed that I'm allowed to do that on Erev Shabbos, which will basically cause the sprinkler, or in this case the, the stream, to keep going into the field on Shabbos. And the Gemara says it's totally fine. Totally fine. Which means that I did everything before Shabbos. This will be the modern, right, the modern example of this, obviously, is Shabbos clock, so we'll discuss this for a little bit, how it applies over here. If I do something which is totally done before Shabbos, my action is completed before Shabbos, the fact that something will take place on Shabbos itself, which is totally forbidden malacha, but I didn't do anything on Shabbos, it's totally fine. The Gemara says 100% fine. And therefore, the Gemara says this example, you can have the stream emptying into your field on Shabbos, even though it was totally watering and totally causing your field to grow, since your action was done before Shabbos. And the post can discuss a similar halacha should apply for those who have automatic sprinklers, or technically the same thing if a person puts a sprinkler on from before Shabbos and lets it just keep on going. Turning it off wouldn't necessarily be an issue, so you can let it really go into Shabbos. And seemingly that should be mutter as well. Seemingly. There's one important caveat to that, and that is, it's true, as far as the Raya, there's no issue. There's a question in the post which is discussed based on Zilzal Shabbos. Is it degrading to Shabbos? Now, what's degrading about this to Shabbos? So, something which is normal to have done with clocks going on and off, like lights is a classic example of that, and automatic sprinkles would be a similar example to that, most post can say is okay. That means Zilzal Shabbos is degrading to Shabbos when something's happening going on and off, which is not really normal to have a clock going on and off. That's weird and strange that that should be happening in your house on Shabbos, um, a appliance going on, appliance going off in your house, when it's not something which is normal to have set on a clock. And therefore, most folks can say lights, what? So, so again, well, automa- so it depends which, built-in sprinklers or non-built-in sprinklers. So, so built-in sprinklers, one in the ground, those are very, very common to have a clock for that, attached to them. And those most folks can say is fine. Because okay? that's a normal thing to have. But if you had a regular sprinkler, regular, right, they just attach to your hose, that, no one has clocks attached to those. So even if you would put it on before Shabbos, let it go, that should not be left on on Shabbos. That is a Zilzal Shabbos issue. It's something which, is, which is, appears some of the gradient to Shabbos. No one normally leaves that on for multiple hours, and often it's turned on when you want to put it on, and that's something which should not be done. But something which is inherently normally done with clocks and with a time with a timer can be done, can be done on Shabbos. And that's why technically automatic sprinklers are okay to leave them on on Shabbos. There are posts which suggest doing it deep into the night when it's still to avoid any any questions of, of looking somewhat like the lacha. But again, halacha it technically be done on Shabbos itself. It does look a little funny. Sometimes you have a sprinkler, you know, on Shabbos and sprinklers obviously are also to turn on, and it does look a little funny. And that's why Postcom suggests if someone wants to have an a automatic sprinkler go on and needs to go on, do it at 2 o'clock in the morning when no one's really around, and that would certainly be preferable rather than having it going on in the middle of the day when it certainly might appear somewhat degrading to Shabbos, even though it's normal to have clocks attached to automatic sprinklers. It is very normal. But still proper to avoid. Something which is totally accepted to have clocks attached to it, like lights, which is very common certainly is okay. A person can have lights go on and off on Shabbos. That is something which is certainly no one really thinks twice anymore about light going on, light going off. Shabbos clocks have become somewhat totally accepted and used certainly regarding lights. What about something that's not so obvious to use a time a Shabbos clock to it? So, it's a good question. You know, is, is it something which is inherently 
looks like so you can't, you can't tell anything from looking at it usually some of them have a light on, on, on bottom it, it is machlokas about there it's interesting that Rav Moshe Feinstein's that Sal did help, uh, was of the opinion that things that aren't common to use clocks for them should not be used and I think Platas probably would be included in that you know that he held that just the, the things that, the idea of appliances going off on Shabbos itself is some of the Zilzal Shabbos some of the green into Shabbos Appliance going on or off, right, being turned on and turned off. So most of the lights and post say other things similar to lights that are so common to have on timers, I think built-in sprinklers is the same thing, would be okay. But a plata, again, according to Ravosha, it would be problematic. Ravosha feels one should avoid that. And that's why we generally, without, you know, barring unusual circumstances, try to avoid that. Obviously, if it was a danger issue, something like that, a person certainly can use that as a scare to make... That might cause something which is dangerous staying on too long. But if it was just to save, you know, the, the fifty cents extra electricity, whatever it's gonna cost to leave it on, it's preferable not to use it. Right? Ramosha was of the opinion that, that timers should be avoided except for things that are totally terrible. Right. Because those was the actual act of it going on and going off. Right? That's emotional. It wasn't it wasn't something which a person necessarily would even see. Right? It's it's worse. It's worse than those which was actually obvious, like the sprinkler system, which is obvious if what's going on. But Ramosha held that something which is inherently the act of turning on and turning off is is is, is issue of Zilzal Shabbos and should be potentially avoided. What about a crockpot? So potentially again, there are people who use it and it's hard it's hard, it's hard to say that it, that it's us or you know I, I don't think going to Ramosha's Determination it would fit that determination. Which someone, which way? Knows, I think according to Moshe would be an issue uh-huh. because it's not something which is, is which is which is commonly commonly done. But again, it's hard to say it's Asr. Moshe himself doesn't necessarily. I know, but I'm saying in general, the a clock these days is a digital one, right? Right, they're made so you can like set the time. Oh yeah, and and can turn it off. Uh huh. That's interesting, because then you actually see on the... So I'm saying probably right, you can right. use digital for Shabbos, but I'm right. saying that's common in what, the world. I'm saying say, digital oh, for Shabbos is tough, because... Right, but I'm just saying... Because it, it, it I works. I think it reacts if you take stuff out, meaning like... Oh, uh, really? I think it does? so. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't, I don't, think I don't know if any Jews who have digital. I'm just saying there's a mentality in the world that a lot of people want it to go on. But to go on a certain right. time. Right, it's like right. a delay start. Right, delay start, right. So according to Ramosha, Ramosha would have an issue with it. Like if we ask, so, I'm right. asking like if we have a if, timer on our so, if, so why are we why are we doing it? I'm just because like once the child's out, it's empty, and I don't want it like it's this metal thing that's on. So you worry about the, you worry about the, the danger of it. I guess okay. safety, but like if, if, I mean, if it's a safety reason, yeah. If, if 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 for a safety reason, there'll be a legitimate reason to do so. I I, I would not say it's us regardless. I would say there's something which should potentially avoid, but it depends on what the circumstances are. For a situation of if there's a concern of safety, little kids around, and who knows what can happen, so. I would say that's a, if there's a legitimate reason to be concerned, that's a, that's a legitimate reason to, be, to use it. But mm-hmm. Ramosh's psaq in this about timers wasn't really fully accepted by halacha, you know, by the, by the, as a consensus in halacha. So that's why, you know, if there's no reason, no compelling reason, so we try to avoid it. But if any reason, certainly safety would be probably the highest priority one in terms of that, I'd say it's okay. Right? As long as there's a compelling reason for that. Automatic shut off, like, what do you mean automatic? Automatic shut off or a humidifier or a humidifier. Just turn off by itself? 
Yeah, so it's built, it's built into the appliance. Right, yeah, so something, right. The question is causing something to go on and go off. So here, that's... Right, you, right, you, right, it's also it's your action of doing something which is creating Zozo Shabbos. If the appliance itself right, turns itself off, turns itself off, it has, you know, it little, times out at some point. So, you know, that, that's the way I would, would approach time as a halachli, it's certainly butter, is potentially a mile to avoid it unless the person has a, has a, has a compelling reason to do so. So that's how it applies, you know, particularly to, to water and grass, as we mentioned. Another fascinating halacha, which is relevant to Zurei, is dealing with flowers on Shabbos. Flowers are, are fascinating halacha because we would assume that flowers that we buy from the store are no longer any issue of Zurei. Flowers are cut, they don't grow anymore, nothing happens to them as far as growing anymore. They can't grow anymore once they're detached from the ground. What? Okay, so that's what I want to talk about. So is, is budding Zoraya? That's really what, what's supposed to be discussed. So certain flowers are obviously certainly open, and is opening considered Zoraya? The answer is it's not. I mean, it's not growing. It is a natural progression of the, the flowers to just open. It's not actually called growth in halacha. However, Poskim gives a very, very interesting point. It's nirikah Zoraya. It appears like growing. In other words, even though it's not essentially growing, it does appear like growing. And therefore... Lahalacha, to stick any flower for sure if it's going to open up into water on Shabbos is not permissible. It's a Durabanan, it's not Zoraya of Duraisa because it's not actually growing. But since it appears like growing, it's, it seems like it's growing, that's actually Asumi Durabanan. And that's going to be any flower that opens up on Shabbos. That's number one. Then Chazal took it one step further, which is fascinating the, the concern of Chazal. To Take a flower, which is not going to open up. Let's say you have a rose, not opening up at all. There's no question. And I'm sure everyone's had this at some point or another. Someone brings you a bouquet of flowers on Shabbos. We've had it a number of times. And here's the bouquet of flowers. And let's say flowers aren't going to open up. It's roses. No question with the Nirakuzarea. It's a mutter to go fill up a vase and put the flowers in. Because I'll say even that's not permissible. Now why? What's, there's no Nirakuzarea in that. It doesn't look like it's going to open up. So Chazal said a very interesting thing, which is hard for us even to relate to. It's called a Tircha Yiseira on Shabbos. It's the unnecessary Tircha on Shabbos. Now, if you remember with Chazal, in, in, in the day of Chazal, what happened in order to get water, was dealing with often going down to a well or going down to the stream and, and drawing water. That was certainly a much larger Tircha than, than we have. But even for the minimal Tircha that we do, once Chazal gave this sort of category, that it's unnecessary tircha, even things which are somewhat minimal in terms of their tircha, the actual filling up of the vase is called tircha. You say it's unnecessary tircha, it's not really necessary. I mean, it's true, you want the flowers to, to stay fresh, but Chazal didn't feel there was a necessary enough tircha to allow the filling up of the vase on Shabbos, and therefore to fill up a vase on Shabbos, even for flowers that are going to be totally opened and they're not further opening at all, it's still going to be an issue of tircha yisera. Which interesting, Chazal took it one step further, even to add water. There's water in there already, and I had water from before Shabbos, even to add water. So it was already there, and also called this thing a Tirchi Yisera, and cannot be, um, cannot be put in there on Shabbos. Now, one step further, how about if the vase is already filled with water? Which means, let's say, and this is probably not so uncommon, the person had a vase, and it tipped over, and the flower is spilled out. So there's some water still in there, enough to keep it going. They want to just stick the flowers into, you know, back into that vase. 
So that's okay. It's no Tzirch Yisteirah. Nothing more was, was added. The water that was there is the water that was there. The flowers that are fully opened or, or, or not going to open any further. And to replace the flowers into the vase, that's okay. So we're coming with three different aspects. One is the idea of flowers opening. The nira kuzare, it appears like it's growing, even though it's not really actually growing, because it just appears like it's growing. Second thing is the tircha yisera, the unnecessary tircha of filling up a vase or even adding water to a vase. But if neither of those are an issue, which means not going to open up, and it's also not something which is going to be a tircha issue because the water is already there, that's going to be okay. A person can, um, can put the water in there. It's interesting, there's actually a machlokis that if, let's say, one filled up a vase before Shabbos, and now is sticking the flowers in. So you would think that's the same thing as the flower pot turning over, because it, no turkey sera, and no, nothing opening. So why should that be an issue? Let's say you filled up, you forgot to put the flowers in. Can you put it on Shabbos? There's a chalkist about this. Many postcoms say even that's going to be an issue. And they, there's a, another reason mentioned is that it also, taking something which was never in water before and sticking for the first time in water, also may seem like Zorea. It, it, it's a similar act to what you do for Zorea. You take something and stick it into water. Again, it's not a seed. It's not something which is... But it seems similar to that. Different than when it already was in there and it's just being replaced. So it's fascinating how far Chazal took this. So we really have three levels of potential Durabanans. Number one, if it's opened up. Number two is putting water in. Number three is even if it was not putting water in, if it was the first time you put it in the water, all those three should be voided on Shabbos. The one case that's permissible according to everyone is if it was in there and fell over and now it's being replaced with again no new water being added. So it's a very fascinating how Chazal treated um, flowers in general vis-a-vis the water even though there's really no Zareya technically because it's something which is fully detached from the ground and therefore obviously can't grow anymore. If it was if it's still going to open, no. Even though it was in the before, yeah, because there it's that the, the neurocosure is putting something in, right? Which is right. There was, that's a separate issue. That's an issue regardless that, that it could still. That's not could. It's, it's going to still open, and it looks like you're involved in that process by sticking it in the water and therefore helping it or enhancing it open, which is not really zareya, but it's neurocosure. That's going that's going to be an issue regardless. That's that's a separate issue of tircha. So there's one issue of neurocosure when you put something in which is going to open and it looks like you're doing something which is similar to planting and then the issue and then the third issue of Nirik also when you stick something in water for the first time also that's Machlokas about that with that many of Postgum Machma on that as well Is that flower Moksa? Okay, so it's a good question the flowers at this point Moksa so the answer is no and they're different actually than sticks or things which are just outside the reason being is because they do have a function they still can be decorative and they still are decorative. They won't last very long because without water. But since they're decorative, they're not mukta at all. So someone gives you the flowers on Shabbos, which has happened. Take them, stick them into a vase with no water, and that's totally fine. You know those like individual yeah. plastic things? Is yeah. that okay? Just yeah, it's fine. Yeah, because like, they were in there already, so you didn't right, do anything more. That's fine. You could just stick the whole thing into water. But, and stick, stick with the water. We had this once at home where we just, some of our flowers we stuck into a vase and put it on the table. They probably were trying to, like, what's with these people? Why? They, they don't know you need water for flowers. And whatever. They didn't say anything. They probably were embarrassed to say anything, and we didn't say anything. So they probably just thought we were just not so knowledgeable how flowers were. Whatever it was. But it was an interesting situation, but this certainly can happen where you know, someone not realizing that flowers can be potentially an issue brings them over on Chavez. 
so, <laughs> what? Dishes, any dishes. Yes. Right, okay, so I mean, so dishes, I mean, is not the Tzirach Yisera. The whole Hachan is on the Tzirach Yisera. Which is, the, yeah, it's under, it's under this bigger category. Tzirach Yisera is anything which is unnecessary for Shabbos to be doing. So even though it's very minuscule, right, washing one fork, which is not necessary for Shabbos, is Tzirach Yisera. It takes me 10 seconds to wash a fork. But, right, okay, but, but Chazal didn't, right, correct, it's, it's, it's a decoration, it's not actually doing something for Shabbos, maybe it's getting, you know, enhancing to some level, it's not a real need. Chazal didn't feel enough of a need or a necessity that's called an allowance to do a terach before. And so to anything which is not for Shabbos, or even the most minimum, right, even moving a chair. Right, from one end of the room to the other, for the sake of after Shabbos, that's Tzirach Yisera. Right? It all goes under these things. So it's not really a, mad, a matter of how involved it is. It's a matter of the Chazal feels necessary for Shabbos or being done for Shabbos. Once it's not being done for Shabbos or not enough for a reason the Chazal felt that's important enough to be done for Shabbos, that's Tzirach Yisera. So Chazal did take it to a pretty extreme level. Right? All Achana, even the, the most minuscule act of, of Achana is considered Tzirach Yisera and things which are Chazal didn't feel necessary enough, like filling up water. Again, there was much more of a Tircha in times of Chazal, but even without that high-level Tircha, it's still going to be an issue. So a couple of, of last issues um, regarding Zerea. Anything which also helps growth, as we mentioned, is Zerea. And some of the examples would include opening blinds, potentially, or opening shades when you have plants, and there's a plant there, and obviously the plant's going to be helped. And that can make a real challenge for anyone who has plants in their home to be able to open up shades, window blinds, etc. All those are going to bring in the sun. And there was potentially can be an issue on Shabbos. So the postman do say the following point, that if the sun is not here yet, that means it's, it's, it hasn't reached that place where it's going, going to shine into the window, at that point it's mutter. Because it can't open the blinds, even though you know it's going to come later, so that goes back to what we mentioned before about grama, but even it's a, it's a far-reaching grama, it's going to happen potentially an hour or two later, however long it's going to happen. So it's happened way, way down the road, and it's not a direct action of actually causing enhancing growth, you're allowing sun in. So as long as you have it's not a direct action, and it's not happening right away, that's okay. So to open the blinds before the sun is out is okay. If the sun is not yet going to be beating down on those plants, it's fine. But once the sun is out, if the sun directly coming into to the window and say, wow, it's perfect. Open up the shades, let the sun come onto these plants. That's actually not permissible, even though it's, I'm doing it for other reasons, perhaps. That's psychration, back to that same rule, I'm doing it for the sake of opening the blinds, but it's sure going to happen that the planting will be enhanced, and that's going to be an issue. Similar to the flip side is if covering plants, sometimes covering plants, if it's too much sun, is going to be also harmful to the plants. Covering them in Shabbos also is also because that's actually helping or enhancing the growth by allowing them to stay longer, allowing them not to die, allowing them to be able to be, not be affected negatively by the sun. Again, the same halach would apply. I can cover them before the sun comes. That's going to be okay. So let's say if it's certainly if it's nighttime or if I know the sun will come and potentially be an issue for this place, that's okay. But if the sun is already out and now I know that, wow, this is going to be a potential issue or somewhat ruining these plants, to cover them now and Shabbos is going to be us. Awesome. So it's whether it's helping them grow by opening the blinds or covering them and to block the sun because it's too much sun, either of those cases are going to be an issue on Shabbos 
it is the mitzvah which enhances growth. Again, it's very minimal. It's very not necessarily even recognizable what you're doing, but it is something which actually helps the growth. And these are things that Chazal wanted the person to keep in mind when it comes to doing very minute, minimal actions, but does have a ability to enhance growth. It's going to be the Shulan Shabbos. So if I have a plant that needs sun, if I block it so that even if I open the blinds, it's totally fine. Okay. Right, yes. Now, that would be a good solution. You could put it behind the couch or so, like, you know, somewhere where the, the no, sun... No, let's say on Shabbos, right. if I put something in front of it so that there's... You know, oh, he's saying... Oh, he's saying... Right, right. I put something right. so that there's a shadow. And, and now the sun and now won't do anything. Yeah, that, right, okay. totally fine. Just as long as you make sure that it's not going to be enhanced by the sun. Right. Yeah, that's totally fine. Totally fine. Okay, that ends with the Malach of Zareya. Next week we're going to get to Kotzer, which is another fascinating Malacha, as we'll see, has a lot of relevance. Have a wonderful evening.